0: Welcome to the WooCast episode number thirty-five with Jason Robel Part Two. I'm Juliet, and I'm Mackie,
1: and we're here to talk about all things weird and, and woo-woo.
0: Wow, well, we reversed it this week. <laughs>
1: you know, you gotta keep, hurt. You gotta, gotta keep it
0: fresh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, we what just came episode. off the episode we we record our intros after and uh wow that was such an incredible conversation we talked about so much it's like i was so in the moment that i have no idea what just happened in the best way possible just such a such a good uplifting conversation it's so honest and vulnerable for all three of us and those are my favorite kinds of conversations to have you know if you remember jason came on the show I want to say a few months ago, it was when uh, Mackie and I were in California, and we episode were episode twenty three. Yeah, twenty three, and we were thinking about moving there, and we were talking to him, and now here we are in Boulder. So just to see like how far we've come and what's happening, just
0: in a, sixty days.
1: Yeah, man, we jumped that timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really, really cool, and. I got to tell you guys, I'm a fangirl of Jason's podcast. Uh, He has a podcast called This Might Get Uncomfortable. And his co-host, this beautiful woman, uh, Whitney, that he shares a podcast with, they have really uncomfortable conversations. They have really cool guests on. They both live in L.A. and really awesome podcast that I've been listening to every single week religiously since we had Jason on the show. They release two to three episodes a week so it's pretty consistent and it's like hanging out with friends and when Jason comes on it's just like that. It's like we're having coffee and hanging out with him and you know just a little background about Jason for those of you who didn't listen to the first episode we had him on. He it was and is, uh, but he would talk about kind of transitioning out of it, a uh, A vegan chef. He was on the Cooking Channel, Food Network. Uh, he was a host on some shows there. He's been a podcast co-host, like I said, of This Might Get Uncomfortable. He's a mental health and emotional wellness mentor. He has a company that he also runs with his podcast co-host, Whitney, called Wellevator that you should definitely check out. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. And he's just a really incredible, authentic human being, no bullshit, really wants to help people better their lives. And I appreciate that so much. He and I, I guess you'd say, well, all three of us have been around the block in terms of being in the health and wellness industry for the last 15 years, maybe even more for Jason. But that's how we got to know Jason was probably back in 2010 to 2012 when we were following his journey with creating videos around eating healthy and veganism and his cats, his cats. We love that he just has (laughs) such a great fun personality. And um, that's where we really all connect is wanting to help people with their health and wellness. In this episode, though, we talk a lot about kind of transforming yourself and who you think you are when you have identified as something for so long and may feel disenfranchised or not passionate anymore. We talk about this thing called burnout. What does burnout mean and look like? I share very vulnerably about my current situation and where I am emotionally after leaving a company for 11 years. And I want to say reinventing myself, but I don't know, that doesn't even seem like the right word because I'm just, I almost feel like I'm rebirthing You're becoming yourself the, almost, right? Becoming, yeah, becoming myself. Your true self. Or getting back to my true self because there were a lot of distractions over the years, which can happen. And what else do we talk about in this episode? It was just so jam-packed. Aging, Aging, yeah. And why we are just so obsessed in our culture with
0: fetishization of youth.
1: Yes, fetish, I can't even say that. We didn't use that that word in the episode. Can you please say that again?
0: Fetishization, I don't know.
1: It's a great word. And I'm going to learn how to say it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yes. We have a obsessive, like a psychotic obsession with staying young. we talk about that on this episode. Almost
0: like discarding our elders in a way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And what does it mean to be aging and to like, think that you should be somewhere at this age when you're not at that place. And we just get into all the things and, really talk a lot about the health and wellness industry for the three of us being in it for so long and how um, it's so different now with people being able to just become coaches and be certified and helping people. And it's just a really saturated market. And what does that mean for those of us who have been doing this for a really long time and start to get almost like- uh, Jaded? Yeah, yeah, I mean- Honestly, I have felt like, what's the point? Like, am I offering anything new anymore? Everybody's out here. And it's like, but that conversation is important to have for any of uh, those listeners who are in a similar place. There is always going to be lots of people coming up and new faces. And what does that mean for you? And we are naming this episode, The Lies We Tell Ourselves, because that is a constant theme in this is self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? Do you talk kindly to yourself? Do you talk really shitty to yourself? Uh, We get into that a lot. How do you deal with the self-talk and the lies and the disillusions that we tell ourselves about who we are and what we are, what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth? And I hope that this conversation brings levity, brings lightness to your heart and gives you permission to really just have a little more fun and joy in your life and acceptance that we're all just trying our best here. And we don't have to pretend, we don't have to peacock and be something that we're not. And that's a big part of the journey for myself and it, you know, for Mackie too, is just being us unapologetically. Yeah. And losing the expectations that we have of how we'll be received, how the podcast will be received, how any work that we put out into the world will be received. That's, that's work.
0: Once the work is out there, there's no, we can't control the reaction to it.
1: Yeah. And are you someone who doesn't even put the work out there because you're so afraid of what the reaction will be? And That has definitely been some of my experience. So I am with you guys. We are all human, whatever that even means. So enjoy this episode. It was one of my favorites. I think I say that every time we have a podcast, (laughs) but I mean, honestly, we're just having so much fun and we love these conversations. And like I said, I'm a fangirl of Jason and his podcast, guys. I highly recommend it's called This Might Get Uncomfortable. And this is exactly what this is about. This is what Jason brings to the table. We have really uncomfortable conversations, but you're if you're like me, when you're listening to them, you're like, oh my God, yes, yes. This is what I've been thinking about or I want to have these Finally conversations. Finally, somebody's
0: having the conversation yes, I that want we've friends. all avoided.
1: Yes, I want friends so I can talk to this stuff about. We can be open. There's no hiding. There's no guarding. There's no bullshit. This is just important because it makes you feel so much better. And who doesn't want to feel better? I want to feel better every day. All right. It's hard to feel good sometimes. It's a practice. Uh, Enjoy this. And a couple things. things. Yeah. Two
0: things. We got the the Facebook group transforming yourself.
1: Yes. We just started a Facebook group a few weeks ago now, particularly for this podcast. We really want to connect with the listeners and have conversations on the reg and we'll be putting content on there. We want to know what you guys are into all things weird and woo-woo, health and wellness. So please, if you haven't already, ask to join the group. It is called Transforming Yourself three words, three words. And then if you haven't done so already, please rate and review this podcast on Apple so that more people can find it. We are up in reviews. I'm happy to report (laughs) they are five stars, but you know what? It's all good. Whatever they are. I just want, you know, reviews and for more people to have access to the show. So, you know, if you haven't done it, please do it. And, you know, I've been thinking like, I don't review enough stuff and i need to start reviewing more things because it's important if we want something we need to also be putting out yeah so the often world. we
0: only review the things that went terribly yeah But a yelp review like oh my there was a spider in my eggs
1: yeah i mean how long does it take to just quickly submit a review even if it's like i love this thank you done right um it's about also giving not always receiving We got to do both. And I'm with you guys. I got to do more reviewing myself. I'm going to definitely, especially here in Boulder, as we experience new restaurants, new places, I want to uh, show the love as much as I can. With that, enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Love you all. I see you all. I feel you all. Have a great day.
2: Juliet is, you know, it, the life is so strange because I feel like since we started this podcast. Off the podcast, I've also somehow been a magnet for super uncomfortable conversations, and it's not a bad thing. Right? It's 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 a good thing. But, you know, as an example, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we have a
1: cat climbing up the mattress behind us. Yeah. Um, um,
2: was amazing if only, that was the perfect way to start
1: if only we were that skilled in
2: life <laughs> you guys i was gonna say like yeah the the amount first of all like respect to animals for having abilities we simply do not have like sometimes i will see the height that my cats will jump to like i i'm six feet tall and i have a bookshelf in my office that's like probably six and a half seven feet tall and my cats will just boom, like vertical slam dunk champion up to the top of the bookshelf. And I'm like, damn, that's I know. unbelievable.
0: Meanwhile,
1: remember when you were trying to like do box jumps back in the day, like higher and higher and higher. Yeah, it's like
0: I can't jump three feet. And
2: a cat is like, what, a foot tall, maybe? Yeah. And they're jumping seven
1: feet. Well, just like I watched her the other day. We're talking about our cat, Martha, Princess Martha cat. If you want to follow her on Instagram, I have not been keeping up with it, but if you want to get context for what she looks like she's 7 pounds and she's just so agile and i watched her the other day and you know they do that little like butt wiggle and you know like you know they're just going to make it like there's no once they do it they're going to get there
2: it's it's beautiful too cuz they're great teachers like i see the level of persistence and determination they have exactly and and to your point when i when i see them get into a mode of like okay i'm 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 going to chase what, what do they chase around here? A cricket. I don't know. Like, we get bugs in the house. It's L.A. You know, there's things that come in. And, you know, the, the cricket will go under the bed or it'll go under the couch. And my one cat, Julius, who's the baby, I have seen him literally sit for two hours waiting for that bug to crawl back out from under the couch. Like, talk <laughs> about her. Pers- sit. Like, he's determined the cricket must die.
1: Yeah, that's it's impressive. Amazing. Like that's focus. Like
2: he'll literally just stare at the point where the cricket went under the couch, and he's just like, "Uh, uh, buddy, not my house. There's only one way
0: out of there. I gotta be here
2: in my mouth." That's
1: (laughs) (laughs) well. Just one more cat anecdote since we're here. When we first moved to Boulder, we've been here. Guess this was what our fourth week now. Is this our fourth week?
0: wow it'll be it'll be four weeks at the end of this week
1: craziness congrats
0: yeah. guys thank That's you great.
1: of course week one one cat has a seizure thank you for that she's fine and then the other cat he's never thrown up the entire five years we've had him not even a hairball yeah because he's just an anomaly and then he's just throwing up constantly and we're like something's very wrong we have never seen him throw up at all so you take him to an emergency vet and he turns out he had eaten like a ribbon on the floor and he ended up shitting it out and you just see this red ribbon wrapped around his poop in the litter box and i was like like a like such a like jewish mom i was like oh my god muzzle you pooped it out i was like like inspecting the poop like i'm so proud of you my little boy and uh, i mean it was just like okay welcome your initiation with the you know with the cats as in our first week of our move i'm like what the hell
2: it couldn't be too smooth, right, guys? I mean, you, no. you, you, you literally did a cross-country move from Philly to Boulder, Colorado. If it, if it went off completely without a hitch, I'd be like, wait a second.
0: Something's, something's up. Something's wrong <laughs> here. Something's, <laughs> wait
2: a sec. Because yeah. I, I, I personally have done several cross-country moves. And, you know, it's, it's always, it's not like, how do I say this? I don't want to forecast negativity, but it's like, prepare for anything. That's more of what it is. Like, okay, I, I know there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to be. Wait, do you guys have an explicit rating on the podcast? I can't remember. Oh,
1: yeah, you can curse.
2: OK, yeah. I and mean, there's going to be some fuckery, you know, it's just kind of like when you're moving 2000 plus miles ish, as you guys did. There's a lot that can happen. So if you had a cat, you know, w- with a a a turd wrapped in a ribbon for you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a g- it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> that's the worst that happened.
1: Yeah, it's a shit present. Thank the gosh. car made it.
0: We didn't have any breakdowns, no accidents along the way. Everything was perfectly smooth other than that's the cats. Awesome. Yeah, it yeah, was awesome. great. Yeah.
1: And then we slept, you know, we slept on the floor for a week when we were here. Oh yeah, we the cats,
0: bed. we had an air mattress until the cats got a hold of that. <laughs> oh. oh, you mean by getting a hold of it, you mean... Uh...
2: Creating yeah. some artwork in the air, yeah. air mattress. Yeah,
1: we had it for, what, two days? Two nights.
2: Two wow. Nights. Yeah, that's that's, fine. that's good. That's impressive. 48 hours. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, we were camping. But here we are, a month in, so excited to have you back on because when we were talking to you, we were in California. And yeah. we didn't even know that we were going to move here.
2: Okay, so so I know that I'm on your podcast, yet I feel like... Since we it's like the three of us hanging like the vibe when we, we did the first episode was like the three of us just hanging out, having, having a smoothie. Right. And, yeah. I, and I love that about you, too, is, you know, on the WooCast here, you have an environment where I don't ever feel like, oh, I'm, I'm being put on the spot or I'm interviewed. It's like the three of us just talking about life. So out of all the places, because you, you had a few places on your list last time we talked, why Boulder?
0: Well, it was basically California and there's a few places along the coast that we were looking at. And then there was Boulder was the other option, which at the time we talked, we were like, we had kind of ruled it out because we're like, we don't want to deal with snow. Right right before we left Philly to go on our California trip, it snowed like three out of four days. We're like, we're done with this. So when we got to California, we realized though that we weren't prepared to deal with the issues of wildfires you know a lot of the environmental stuff that's going on out there the potential for earthquake and a lot of the different things that go on there they're like oh, i guess snow is not that bad compared <laughs>
1: to- <laughs> well you know what else it was really interesting oh. like when we were mostly we were looking at the Santa Cruz area we really i really love like redwoods. And I want to be in Northern California. And like, so we explored all that. And it was really interesting because every single person I brought this up to and talked to, they were like, no, don't move to California. Don't do it. Like it's it, they were saying people who live there even were like, it's just kind of, you know, even though it is still such a beautiful, amazing place, there's just so many issues right now. And like, you know, there's no groundwater and this and that. And like the the taxes and expenses. And and honestly, one of the M- real like main determining factors is that the expenses for us when we were looking at rentals, they were two to three times more than we were paying. And it was like, do we really want to do that? Put ourselves in that position where we're paying double, if not three times as much for uh, places that weren't as nice as what we were getting in Philly. Now we were looking in that Santa Cruz area, which is kind of very kind of limited. So I don't know. It just was like, Let's go back to that idea of Boulder, looked at like looked at pictures of it again, memories of when we were here. And I mean, when we were here, we were like, we loved it here. We came in the spring when we visited. We fell in love with it. The hiking was insanely amazing. And the people and I feel like we're in a bubble. You know, I think that I feel like we're in a protected bubble for right now, which I kind of need. Like I'm coming off of a burnout, which Thank you for putting a podcast out about burnout. If for anyone listening, Jason has a podcast about burn, like burnout. and who was the who was the person who was on there who spoke about the burnout?
2: Yeah, Dr. Kate Steiner, she's yeah. amazing. Um she has a book out uh, on Amazon specifically about burnout recovery and, mm-hmm. you know, demystifying the shame around it. and and all, and also, you know, the thing I, I love about her is is she one of her approaches to recovering from burnout is play. And how as adults, we get so serious about success and money and wealth and our legacy. And not that those things are unimportant, but we get so serious and so swept into the complexity of life that we forget to play. And on the episode you listened to, Juliet, I was like, damn, I'm not, I'm not playing enough. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm way too serious right now.
0: I don't think anybody's playing enough. You know, there's a very small portion of people who are. Yeah. But it's 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 an interesting question though, Mackie, is like you
2: know, when you bring that up, and I, I, I suppose play is different for everyone, right? Some people might love mountain biking or, right. or rock climbing or play could be going to the gym. I don't find going to the gym play. I find going to the gym to be a grueling exercise in overcoming the crap in my own mind. It's not fun. It's never been, but some people it's fun. Which
1: has its it had that has its like, you know, upside in a way too, right? Of building sure. like resiliency or whatever, but not not when it comes to what you're talking about, which is like effortless, like joy and and fun.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm curious for both of you. Like, first of all, Juliet, with your burnout recovery, is is play and sort of reigniting this childlike sense of wonder and 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 experimentation part of it for you? And also for you, Mackie. Like, I guess it's a question of like when did we start to lose that sense? I don't know. It's like if I look back on my life, that I can have like a specific age per se. But it feels like as adults, it's so easy to lose that and completely forget about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I can say that I lost it because of having trauma when I was younger. And man, I would say I really lost it when my dad died, when I was 16. And I had to become like an adult at that period of my life. It was like, all right, no more messing around. Like I got a GED and like started going to college and just like from then on just had to become someone who like I had to fend for myself. And I like moved out when I was 17. I was adopted for a very brief period for about nine months. And then I left left and started living my own adult life at 17. So my play really stopped right there. Everything was about trying to figure out like, what is my purpose? What am I doing with my life? That's when I found fitness. When I was 18 and became a trainer and really felt this calling to help people with their health and wellness. Definitely, you know, from a place of my dad dying of a heart attack. And I really got into like healthy living, right? And even though I was kind of into that before, but it was a lot because of him seeing my dad struggle with his weight my whole life and uh, overeating. And, you know, I think that we try to fix things for our parents sometimes, right? Mm. So, yeah. So that was a part of like my path and my journey. And so it was there was not a lot of play and everything was always turned into like, how can I kind of uh, get something out of this versus just doing it for the sake of enjoyment? And it has been pretty much most of my life up until this last year when I had this like big aha moment, which is why I left or my industry left the business I had and you know, we now we're here. And so, what I'm saying, like, I'm in full on recovery mode of burnout, though, where I am. It's like uh, yesterday, I pretty much cried all day, laid in bed, and got myself to go on a walk. Today, I feel great. Saturday, just backtracking, Saturday, I literally had the most amazing day of my life. I said, we went hiking, it was beautiful. I mean, it was just, we ate good food, and I felt like I was on a high. That was Saturday. But then yesterday, I was like, I feel like the most depressed I've ever felt. So it is this roller coaster right now of like emotional releasing and then also like saying yes to things that I've never said yes to before, like I'm going to this ecstatic dance festival, like things like that that I'm just like, you know what? I need to surrender to all expectations with with that meaning, truly surrendering that even that to surrender doesn't mean that once you surrender You're going to expect something because that I had that moment with myself the other day where I was taking a walk and I was like, you have to surrender, dude. You have to. And it was and then it was like, you're not surrendering. You're you think that when you surrender, something is going to happen for you.
0: That is Uh. not what
1: surrendering is. And it's like those are these are the conversations I'm having with myself a lot lately. Letting go of all expectations, anticipations, um, what I thought was going to happen for my life. I have no idea now what's going to happen for my life. It's a really interesting place to be in. And it's quite frankly, like terrifying. I have nothing to rely on in the sense of like, this is who I knew myself to be. And one of the things you said, Jason, you know, that really resonated with me was things that used to bring you pleasure and release. You said no longer were giving you that feeling. That's a really scary place to be in because I, it was the same thing for me. Like I've been able to rely on my inspiration and passion for health and wellness and fitness pretty much my whole life. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm almost like a curmudgeon about all things health and wellness. Sometimes I'm like, ah, fuck them, fuck that. It's so overrated. Like I'm like an asshole. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Like the whole industry is burning me out in a way, you know, I'm just like, they're full of shit, this and that. I'm like, if I have to hear another thing about keto or that, I'm like, I can't, you know? And so that is where I am at. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That was a light check-in. Just a light
1: check-in about play and what it means to me. I mean, I'm really, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, that is not an innate thing for me right now. I'm really... I think there's a lot of like trauma releasing and things I am I need to get through to like access that wonder childlike wonder that um, I know is there. She pops, she, she pops up, but it's not my, I'm not leading with that. That hasn't been like a comfortable lead for me.
2: Yeah. I can relate to a large portion of what you just detailed so eloquently. Um I have found that the pendulum has swung for me so much in the opposite direction with health and wellness. Um, because I, I, my perception of it all is that there's so much divisiveness and competition and I'm right and you're wrong and this binary way of thinking. Um, and also a lot of people just parroting the same information over and over and over again. There's no originality. I mean, I, I kind of see whether it's, you know, a chef or, or a a fitness instructor or, or a meditation coach, it's not to devalue what they're offering, but it just seems to me like there's this factory that's just popping out health coaches and wellness experts. And if I see like guru expert thought leader coach one more time, I feel like the, the, these titles and these terms, the, the value of them is becoming completely diluted. You know, when I see someone like I'm a coach, it's like, okay, well, how long have you been coaching? Well, you know, I went to this weekend seminar. Mm-hmm. When did you go? Oh yeah. Like a month ago. Wait a sec. So you went to like a three day seminar and now you're like coaching people on their health. Cause you went to a fucking three day weekend seminar. Like there's a dangerous part of this industry. And and to your point, Juliet, like I'm becoming so disillusioned with the whole thing, not because there aren't great people who are putting actual expertise and heart and and years of experience. But I think that that's the exception, not the rule. I think the rule is there's a lot of unqualified people who are like, anybody can make a million dollars on the internet now. So I'm just going to go to a weekend seminar and be this thing and give myself this title. And on the one hand, I'm like, that's great that you feel empowered. I don't want to take away your sense of empowerment, but it's a hubristic, overreaching approach where anybody's like, I'm an expert now. I'm like, okay, you can call yourself that. But the point is, is so many people are calling themselves that. Who do you believe? Who do you trust?
0: Yeah, the, the word expert issue. is devalued at this point. So how I think does is. that
1: affect you? And like, I can say that, you know, for me, it's affecting me. In that I am disenfranchised and I don't want to put myself out there a lot of times. And I feel like uh, I, I almost just feel like hiding. It, it's the only because way to Because you don't want to add it.
0: to the noise. Kind
1: of. Yeah. And I don't want to add to the noise. And I'm just like, even though it's been almost 15 years that I've been doing this, but I feel less confident now. 15 years later than I did in the beginning. And I, we were just talking about this last night, Mackie and I were like, remember all the YouTube videos we used to make, how yeah. to make a green smoothie, like all the things like, you know, over 10 years ago, we were like, damn, we felt we felt so free in a way and so excited about, you know, helping people and uh, and reaching people with this knowledge of feeling better and living a happier, healthier life and um i don't know if it's just place some in personally or because the landscape have changed has changed like we're talking about with social media but i i feel like hiding right now and like if i could do it without social media right now which i haven't been comfortable with like getting rid of it but if i could do it without social media i, I you know i think that that would be a great option you know but i i don't know i can't really see any real other way of re- still using that
2: yeah it's a tricky thing. Uh, and I, I think part of it is the, the unbelievable deluge, right? Because you're, you're talking 15 years ago, you know, 2005, 2006, that was the beginning of Facebook and YouTube. I mean, that right. was like a beginning of it. And in a very short period of time, the dynamics of um, not just creating a brand, but I think be, you as an individual becoming a brand, becoming a product, and, and, the issue that I have sometimes is that it feels like we have in some ways, and I use this very intentionally, like dehumanized and commodified human beings. Yeah. Like now, now people are products. And, and as part of this health and wellness industry conversation, I feel like there is so much unbelievable pressure. If you choose to be in this industry and you even have anything around coaching, health, wellness, healing. There's an unspoken pressure to present yourself in a very specific way. You've got to look great. Your skin's got to be flawless. You got to have six pack abs. You got to have a great ass. You got to do this. You got to have, you know, it's like the amount of maintenance, whether or not you even want to do it. And I would challenge a lot of people in this industry, whether or not they actually enjoy all of that maintenance to present themselves as this flawless, flawless deity that is to be worshipped <laughs> by the entire internet that's a shit ton of pressure
0: yeah and not only that you gotta not only do you have to look right but you also have to have the right camera the right lighting the right background all of the other aspects of it as well
2: yeah and 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 the question is like why 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 do we have the standards in place of if you're going to be and not just people in the health and wellness industry but i think the standards of like Oh, if you look this way, you must be a healthy person. Like, I, I think that there's a separation here between aesthetics and health. Yeah. And I think those things get overlapped and mushed a lot, you know, mm-hmm. to, the, to the point of like, um, I remember when I, when I f- first started like seriously working out, I must have been like 17 or 18. I was a you know, student athlete and I went to this place called uh, Powerhouse Gym in Detroit. And I didn't, this was years before I was even vegetarian or vegan yet. And, and I remember I went to the biggest dude in the gym. I think his name was like Reggie and Reggie
3: at powerhouse.
2: Right. It makes sense though. Doesn't it? Like <laughs> Reggie, but, but, but Reggie, like he was the biggest dude. Like, and I was like, you know, I'm nervous. I'm like the scrawny ass kid. And I'm just like, okay, I want to learn, you know, but I was, I was hungry to learn. And that, that's a pun and you'll see why in a second. So I go up to Reggie and I don't know jack shit about nutrition or eating or anything. I'm just, you know, so I talked, I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, I'm Jason. You know, I don't mean to, to interrupt you. He's Oh, I'm Reggie. Cool. I said, what, you know, if you don't mind me asking, like, what do you supplement with? What do you eat? What do you, how'd you get this way? You know, he was so cool about it. He's like, Hey man, look, the reality is I just come in here. I train smart. I train hard. I don't miss a day. I'm consistent. I'm like, yeah. Okay. I got that. I was like, well, what do you eat? He's like, I don't really think about it. I was like, what? And this guy was, I mean, just, just a giant dude. And, and I'm like, what do you mean you don't think about your food? He's like, ah, oh, no, after, after here, I'm going to go to McDonald's and get like a value meal <laughs> and, like a, and, a, and a double Whopper and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like,
1: he's getting those calories. in." My,
2: my, my eyes are just like this. Okay. So even as like a 17, 18 year old kid, there was something in me my reaction wasn't amazement. My reaction was like, I don't understand this. Right? You're in, this dude's in here two and a half hours a day, crushing it. And he's like, Yeah, I'll go and I'll like eat ribs and I'll eat McDonald's and get a large pizza. Da da da. And like, there's no mindfulness around. Like, oh, lean chicken, lean fish, you know, broccoli. Like this dude, with all due respect, like my impression was like, dude, you're you're treating your body like, on one hand, like this Greek god, but then you're filling it with like dumpster food. And the the reality hit me that my impression looking years back, I don't think he was doing it to be healthy. I think he was doing it for the fact that he was aesthetically stunning. Yeah. Like just yeah. massive yep. and, ripped a difference. and just huge. And yeah. so the, the difference is, I think so many people are looking for the aesthetic. Why? Because if you fit the standard as a man, right? big muscles ripped sort of this old school Greek God paradigm or a woman right now, you know, the, the big ass, the muscular legs, the big boobs, whatever the fuck he's like, okay, why? It's not really about health. That's not about health. That's about aesthetic preference. And why? Because somehow we've associated with these, these beauty or attractiveness standards. Well, okay. If I'm sexually desirable, then that means I'll be more valued in the society because I'm meeting the standard. I'll make more money. I'll be taken more seriously. I'll attract a better mate. I mean, it really gets down, I think to a deep psychological need to be loved and approved and accepted.
1: Yeah. 100%. When you distill it down, cause I ask myself these questions regularly and I also ask them a lot with my clients that keep going. Why keep going? Why let's get underneath. <laughs> like where is this need, this want for, uh, recognition appreciation acceptance to make more money okay then what where you know what is the underlying what is the foundation of it and it's like at the very end when you peel back all the layers it's this fear of like annihilation it's just this fear of like i am going to be an outcast i won't be in the tribe i'm gonna be like kicked out And I'm going to die, you know, like this existential, like, you know, I'm going to I'm not going to be valuable anymore. (laughs) Mackie looking at the cat, just making sure she's such a new place. She's sleeping on top of the mattress, man. Nothing phases her. You know, I I often wonder, like, what it would be like to just embody her for the day. You know, if it would be just less painful as you know, with. all of the reasoning that we have as humans and the choices and it's just very much more instinctual and
2: (laughs) honestly like i i I feel like they definitely did something right as a soul if you believe (laughs) in like reincarnation yeah Yeah. it's like oh yeah you get fed amazing food you have two great parents you get to do pretty much whatever you want within the confines of the house yeah you don't have to pay taxes you don't have to (laughs)
1: yeah taxes oh my
2: god don't get me started i'm coming back as a cat man yeah i am
1: maybe a dog so you can go outside and like go on adventures and go hiking because cats don't really do hiking that that well
2: (laughs) but it's like it's like we make as humans we make shit so complicated don't and i think about this too a lot of how not just me in my life of my overthinking my critical assessments of myself my self-doubt like aside from all of that i feel like do you guys ever feel like you you look at life from taking care of ourselves to taxes, to investing, to, you know, you know, just survival as an adult human in the modern world. And I feel like there are so many systems and so many things we do that feel so unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. I, I, I was joking with my mom. I don't know, maybe last year. And he said, mom, why didn't you warn me? She said, she laughed. She said, warn you about what? <laughs> I said, how complicated and fucking weird and bizarre it is to navigate life. Like as an adult, like she's like, well, why? I said, well, I would have appreciated you. You would warned me and prepared me better. She's like, you wouldn't have believed me.
3: Mm. I said, no, you're <laughs>
2: probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. I wouldn't
1: have believed And you, you. don't want to have to like, you know, be thinking about the future in that way when it's unnecessary at certain stages of your life, when you do feel more carefree and, you know, you don't have as many responsibilities, but talking about responsibilities, like uh, there's a quote that I wrote down yesterday, which is the greatest sources of suffering are the lies we tell ourselves. And that just really spoke to me because I think about on the regular basis, you know, if you want to call them lies, or maybe you just want to call them like, the inner critic, you know, might be a better way of talking about it, but in the way of, you know, how we call ourselves, I'm fat. I'm you know, I don't look good enough or, you know, uh, if only I, you know, I had this or I don't make enough or I don't, uh, I don't have these abilities or whatever. It's like so many lies really, because it's just, what is that? That belief is really just this rehearsed thought, Right.
3: It's not the truth, but it's
1: like catching yourself all the time and then coddling yourself a little bit throughout this process. And that like self-love and acceptance, it's, it can be challenging. There are times where I, I want to be self-righteous in that moment. I want to be like, no, you are, you are a fat piece of shit. And it's like, what the actual hell, you know? So that's an interesting thing when you and there are days where I'm like, oh, I love you. I love you. And it's like, <laughs> what is this roller coaster? You're, we are on, you know, and and you really just have to this is part of the human experience.
2: Yeah, it's tough, right? Because I feel I, I don't I don't know a single human being who doesn't have that struggle, that push pull. So, you know, I, I I wonder for both of you, what how. How do you, how do you talk yourself out of that really punitive, cruel inner voice? Like, what how, do you talk about? Do you both talk back to it? Do you, do, have you, some people I know have said, um, give it a name, like mm. give it a persona so you can like directly talk to it. Right. So how do you, how do you both deal with it?
0: I don't talk to it. I will change the subject in my mind. I'll go to something else. Even if I have to turn on your podcast. Or, like, get into something else. Cause if I go in down into that spiral, it just, it just winds even tighter. It winds even tighter. And, you know, if I can find something that I'm curious about, that I wanna learn about, that I wanna listen to, that gets me out of that spiral. So yeah. it's like a
2: pattern interrupt. You, yeah, you, exactly. You realize the pattern's coming up. But you choose something to like interrupt the pattern right yep got and,
1: it and you're really i want to honor you for that because you're really good at doing that and uh you really just are like it's not worth my time like i'm gonna move on and i think there's uh, there's a book i haven't read yet but i have a feeling that the book has a lot to do with this called existential kink which i think that i like well I, I know already without reading this book that i'm gonna align with it because and it might be like you know Not that I know too much about astrology, but I'm going to just I'm going to blame really quick my Scorpio rising and my Scorpio moon. okay? (laughs) just from astrologers that I have had do readings for me. And I'm really an intensely deep, emotional person, like emo ever since I was a kid, like so emo, like I rocked the pink hair, the piercings, like nine inch nails, like really just the dark, like crying in my room, writing on my walls, lyrics like, you know, and we could blame some of that on like, you know, trauma and childhood stuff. Sure. But I think that there's always been a part of me that's just really attracted to like the darkness and the deep and like why I love your podcast, because you guys are talking about all this really uncomfortable stuff. And like, that is where I want to go. And Mackie jokes like he's like, yeah, if you're going to be my friend, like we're going to talk about like everything. I want to know your fucking wounds. I want to get in there. And I'm like, that's just, I don't know. It's just what I'm attracted to. And it's funny because I married this amazing, lovely, beautiful, light person who.
0: That's the balance. You
1: aren't that at all.
0: You're like (laughs) sunshine and
1: rainbows. You're like, it's okay. You know, like, It's beautiful. And I'm not negating that you're not human. You don't have those experiences. But like that is so refreshing to have someone by my side who we you are. You're not going down that road with me. But getting back to this, like I have to talk to the person. I'm like, Juliet. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be like, this is you need to look around. You need to see how incredible your life is, regardless of. This moment where you're thinking, oh, I, you know, oh, I don't make enough money or, you know, I don't have the the body I want or whatever the things are that come up. Right. I have to get present. And I've even like wrote down like why my life is fucking amazing. And I'll just start writing. And then it's like, oh, my God, get a hold of yourself. You're just in the matrix right now, like you're in the trap, the trappings of what you the brainwashings of people, what they tell you. supposed to be striving and fighting for and it's like there's no need to fight everything you're safe you're safe and you're loved and you're okay with everything you have in this moment so that's what i i have to do that pretty pretty consistently
2: yeah it's it's almost like there's this um like a reality check that happens and then also this, where you're taking it, you know, I'm safe, I'm loved, everything is okay. There, there's like a deep somatic soothing that, that needs to take place sometimes. Because I know, you know, if we talk about going to the depths, right? For me, in the times that I identify, I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. I'm afraid of what may or may not happen. I'm projecting into the future, into illusion, right? You use the word lie. I like to use the word illusion interchangeably with that. Like if I acknowledge that I'm like way down and like in some alternate reality, because really, I think a lot of times when we're beating ourselves up and we are so punitive and so, and I'll use the word cruel. I'm really cruel to myself to the point where there was, there was, <laughs> there was a weekend workshop I took years ago and came out as an expert. Um, <laughs> there was a weekend workshop I took years ago and one of the exercises, this was so hardcore but it was so valuable. One of the exercises in this workshop was to go around and mind you, we'd only been working for like, I don't know, you know, three, four days. It was actually several weekends to be more accurate. And the exercise was to go around and walk up to someone and tell them the thing you find least attractive about them. That's hardcore. Eek. That was my yeah. reaction. Eek. That was like hard. You
1: guys, there's no video for the for the listeners. So just imagine eek, my mouth. I already mouth. left. Oh, Jesus. Legit.
2: <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but imagine like you're in a room of like, you know, 50, 60 people, 100 people, whatever it was. And you don't even know these people, you know, them for three days. And you want me to walk around and go up to a random person and tell them the thing I find least attractive. Talk about that's beyond uncomfortable. I remember like getting the sweats when they proposed it. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. So a woman came up to me. Her name was Kelly. She was blind. She said, Jason, the thing that I find so unattractive about you, it's repulsive to me how mean you are to yourself. Mm.
3: Did she know that?
2: This was a blind, no, I'd been in like breakout groups with her, like breakout groups a blind woman told me the thing that was the least attractive thing about me was how mean I was to myself. That's always stuck with me. Right. And so it's like, but what is that? When we're like, you're a fat piece of shit. You're not making enough money. No, one's going to love you. You're never going to get married. You're going to be, you're going to die alone. You fucking, what this all illusion. This is like an alternate reality projection that doesn't even exist, but we get so caught up in the story that we're not even present to your point about like, what, okay, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I have clean water to drink, clean water to bathe. My body's healthy. My family's healthy. I have amazing animals. I have a great girlfriend. Dude, stop it with this bullshit. Stop your projecting. Stop like, sometimes I like, depending on the, on the, on the moment, I'll either like soothe myself, but other times if that voice is really cruel, I'll be like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Stop it. Stop it right now. This is not real. I'm not going to buy into this. This is not who you are. This is not real. Like, so it depends. Sometimes that I'll be kind. sounds calm. like good
1: parenting to me. Sometimes when, as a parent, you know, I think that you, if you're, if it's going too far, you need to be like, you need to stop it right now. yeah like in, in, think- the, in the loving way. Not like I'm, you know, not with some ultimatum. Like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you don't stop. <laughs> stop <it. laughs> like, but more like you need to stop. Like, this is enough is enough where that stern when, you know, when a parent gets stern and they, they raise their voice and you get that moment of like, oh shit, I need to stop.
0: Reality check.
1: Reality check. Yeah, pattern Legit, interrupt.
2: Legit <laughs> though. And some, sometimes I will literally out loud in my car or in my house, be like, literally like, you know, almost like not primal, like primal scream therapy, which I'm, as an energy release is amazing. Mm-hmm. At the top of my lungs, I'll be like, like you said, stop it. Just stop. Like, and literally that voice it just, it, it shuts up. Sometimes I got to go there. Other times, you know, it's, it's, it, we talk about astrology, you know, I, I'm, um, mostly water with a little bit of fire in my chart. So very emotional, very weepy. I feel things very deeply, very empathic other days. Maybe that voice, what'll quiet it is just to sit and have an incredible cry sesh, like waterworks breakdown, no interruption, no holding back, just sit and cry for like an hour. And sometimes that's what I need. And, and I think w- what this is, is like, as we learn about who we are as beings, at least in my experiences as I've gone on, I've gotten a lot better at figuring out what to give myself in the moment. You know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, even, um, it, it, it was still this process of like, I don't know what you need. I mean, the because aware- the awareness wasn't there. You know, you're having this thing because of childhood trauma or this experience you had. And I don't know, it feels like as I go on, I'm more easily able to either connect the dots or get deeper into the history of maybe where this pain or this self-doubt or this anguish came from. And I think that invites more compassion, right? It's like, oh, you feel like you're unworthy because your dad left and you blamed yourself for him leaving. That's why you don't feel like you're enough, no matter how much success you get. I had no language for that when I was young no awareness and no, no language for it so i don't know i feel like as we go on and we get a deeper level of self awareness we can soothe and parent ourselves better because maybe we know where this stuff comes from
1: yeah absolutely i'm actually in a place where it's beyond the knowing of where the stuff comes from and it's like okay it still lives inside of my body from a like from a nervous system perspective so right now i'm doing some work with like releasing physically, which is crying, primal screaming sometimes in a pillow or um on a hike. Yeah, like when a hike and I was like just screaming at the top of my lungs at the mountain. And then I started crying, of course, because typically Scared the mountain lions <laughs> good. Good. We don't need them to come near us. But I find a lot of times, you know, the anger turns into the the pain comes out and the crying comes out. A deep like Wounded inner child you know that needs to let it out, and you just it's it's hard it's a hard thing to let yourself go there. I honor you for allowing yourself to take an hour or even anyone to take a few minutes to cry like that, um where you're not holding yourself back and you're really letting that come through because Because of what we've been told and what we've seen, people are taught to be uncomfortable with that uh, uncontrollable emotion, right? So it can feel so scary for a lot of people that, like, I don't want to go there, you know? They don't even want to touch what there is, you know, what that is. But I always say, you know, that it's like when you're constipated and you finally take a shit and you're like... Oh my god, like I just feel so much better. Like I can go on with my life now. Like you can't go on with your life when you're constipated. Like if we've traveled and there's one day that I don't take a shit, I'm like, my life feels like it's over.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you know, I really count on my regularity.
2: Relatable. Relatable. <laughs> and you're just like,
1: I don't even want to go to dinner tonight. I don't want to like I can't enjoy myself. Like I gotta like, I gotta do something about this. And that's like the gunk of like the emotional gunk that we carry uh but you know we we oftentimes it's not as present as like you know when you have poopy stuck in there but (laughs) (laughs) but maybe it is if you get like if you're if you're more aware than it is like right now i'm aware that it's there i'm aware that it's there because we moved and when you move and when you change your environment and when you leave something and when there's a death of something like, and you're kind of rebirthing yourself in a new place, uh, yeah. kind of jumping the ju-
0: ultimate pattern interrupt. Yes. You know, it's just like everything is questioned. Like we've, we've had a, we've had a, an interesting couple of weeks because we keep forgetting things. Like I'll walk out like, Oh, I forgot my keys, forgot my phone. It's because, you know, in, in our previous iteration in Philadelphia, everything was so routine, it was easy, like I knew exactly where I was going to get to the Starbucks, to get to the gym, I don't have to think about like, oh, I got to turn on the GPS and figure out like, where are we going to go right now? You know, so it's easy to remember your keys. So like your brain, you ever go somewhere and you, uh, you get to this place and you don't even remember walking there, you don't remember driving there, you know, you're oh. just on autopilot the whole time. We don't have any of that autopilot right now. Everything is new. Everything is fresh. And it's like our brains are going overdrive, figuring it all out.
1: And see, that's the beautiful perspective that you have to remind me of that, because I'll just go down the dark path of like, I'm broken. You know, my brain stopped. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, like my brain isn't work. Like, what is going on with me? And it's like you're like, yeah, we just moved to an entirely new Place and like our whole life is different now. And it's not even a month. And <laughs> I just, it's just like, why not be so hard on yourself? Why do you have all these expectations of yourself that you wouldn't have for other people? Why do I hold myself to this standard? You know, it's a really, I ask myself these questions a lot. And like you said, it's nice to know kind of where it comes from. And for me, it's an overcorrection of having to take care of myself when I was younger, right? So I didn't have the models. I didn't have mom and dad modeling. So then I became mom and dad and I became like really strict parents. Like you're gonna eat really healthy. You're gonna go to the gym. You're gonna go to bed. You're gonna do this. You're gonna make this kind of money. You're gonna work this much. And it's like, okay, that was good then. Really beautiful support got me where I am. Not helpful anymore. Thank you. Not totally. helpful anymore. The pendulum's
0: starting to come back. <laughs>
1: yes. Like, that's really nice that that ha- like, I'm so grateful that I went that way because a lot of children in my position turn to drugs, alcohol, whatever. You know what I mean? I've I've had therapists be like, you could have killed yourself. I'm like, OK, that's a l- little much. But in just in say, like, you got to like honor, like how incredible you are. And that's always a hard thing to to accept when people say that for some reason, like you're so incredible. It's like, but I, I, I'm actually letting that in now for the first time in my life.
2: How are you? Okay. And I say this, cause I'm curious, cause I experienced something very similar that I'll, I'll, I'll share in a moment, but how are you letting it in? Like when you say that there's obviously an old program that wants to resist it, right. Of like, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're beautiful. Juliet, you're such a gift, whatever the, the terminology is. How do you like drop the hands and let it like, how do you do that?
1: It's the surrendering thing that I was talking about earlier. I got to I got to let go. Like I, I got to give up and I'm putting quotations, the dream, right? Like that I have built up as this, like, I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to, I'm going to be somebody it's so funny. It's like the hero's journey. I'm going to be somebody like on Broadway. Like this is like literally though kind of been this narrative for me. And all the while while I want while I've wanted that, I have consistently also held myself back from that by so many insecurities and not showing up authentically or like you know allowing myself to feel joy and 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 just have fun and let go i've kind of just been tightly wound you know that person who's like too tightly wound and it's like well that doesn't that's not how you're going to be a magnet for people like there's you're not a magnet if you're tightly wound people that's a repellent actually so i am just like I said, right now, saying yes to things that I would not not normally say yes to, so that I can put myself in uncomfortable situations. That's a part of this without expectation, mm. and um, yeah, that's it. Just not the expectations. I've got to drop the expectations of even before this. You know, we if we got here, I made a spreadsheet of how much money I was gonna make and how I was gonna do it with starting this new coaching practice, and it's like. That's not helpful right now in this stage of my life. It's just not. Yeah. And, and then it's like the part of you that freaks out is. But what if you let it all go? What if you become irrelevant? What if you let it all go? Then what?
2: Especially when the ego is invested right in what well, you've been doing this for 15 years. And remember how much you innovated and remember how many people you've touched and remember how many people you've served. And you were doing this before all the Gen Z and millennials were doing it. And like, I, but I was there before all you motherfuckers. And like the ego, the ego wants to claim, like, really, I mean, if we, if we, and I don't want to throw the ego under the bus, I think in some ways to make, like, I want to say this about the ego. I, I, I think that there's my personal philosophy of people like you need to kill your ego. I don't think it's possible to fully kill the ego. And I also think that if we learn to have a different relationship with the ego, we can use it skillfully and use it as a tool, not in the sense where it's always controlling us. Right. Yeah. But, but you bring up something super relevant because I, I'm, um, I don't even know how to phrase this, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of the whole food and nutrition space completely because, um, I don't feel like I have anything else to say. I don't feel like there's anything else I want to express artistically with it. I feel like everything that wants to be said is being said. And and kind of going back to the beginning of this, I feel like what I'm talking about is just kind of noise.
1: Can I interrupt um, you just really quickly? Because I yeah. knew you were going to say this. I psychically knew this. Okay. And I, I, I knew what something, and I wanted to say something to you about this. Yeah. Because I feel like, there's a mirror here. Like I'm looking in a mirror because I've also been in that place of being like, I'm getting the fuck out of this space. But then I'm like, what am I going to be a Starbucks barista? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But no, I, I actually think that. But you have so much knowledge that you've curated and so much actual learned, like lived experience with health and wellness and nutrition in particular, because it's been it has been a passion of yours. So why does it matter if there are thousands, millions of other people talking about the same thing when there's not you're the only Jason Robel, like there's only one you and the way that you express it. And if people like you and they want to be under your wing learning about it, you know, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, because that's advice that like has been given to me a lot with this from other mentors, like what makes you you what makes you special is you. Right. So is it beyond that for you or you're just not into it anymore?
2: It's beyond that. Yeah. I'm glad you made that distinction because I have thought about that in the sense that we're all like, you know, when you think about uh, any kind of skill set. why I think whether that's making a meal, whether that's playing music, even a skill like woodworking, I mean, we could insert anything's here. The the tools and the techniques are available to anyone. You know, learning scales and chord progressions on a guitar or a piano. Well, any that's available to anyone. Uh, the ingredients to make uh, a lasagna available to anyone. The tools to make a table available to anyone. Well, what what is it then that makes art unique, music unique, food unique, anything? Well, it's it's to your point, Juliet. The person bringing their spirit, their perspective, their ethos, their history. And then coloring that talent or that skill set, but the tools are the same. Yeah. So, so, so I I resonate with your point, but to me, it's also been like a reckoning and also a mourning of, you know, if I'm really honest about it, I have not been passionate about doing this for years. And it became to a point where I'd be on camera and I'd be, you know, shooting a video for YouTube or an Instagram thing or, or. You know, shooting a commercial and they're like, here's Chef Jason. And it started to feel like I was denying my truth and lying to everyone. Everyone's like, oh, we love you. People would, you know, put these accolades or this stuff. And I'm like, little do you know, I don't even want to do this anymore. Why did I keep going? Money, security, ego. Yeah. You guys are heaping all this praise on me. I'm you know on magazine covers and TV show and blah, blah, blah. But in my heart, for a few years now, I have not wanted to do this. I'd show up for a shoot, um, I'd get a recipe project, and my heart had my heart is not in it anymore. So no, you know, no amount of money or praise or accolades or social media followers. I think can, can overcome in your heart or the core of your being when something is ready to change. And I've held on because the carrots were being dangled. Yeah. I mean, we call it the golden handcuffs, right? I mean, I remember people in my family, like, you know, grandpa, why are you staying and working at Chrysler? He's like, well, it's too good. You know, you got a pension, got the benefits, got a great salary. And so I'm, I'm leaving Juliet because I, in my heart, I don't enjoy it anymore. There's no more joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. And for anyone listening who is still curious about why I left Unite Fitness, it was that 11 years and the carrot being dangled and wanting to grow it to a national chain. And, you know, but and then they just kept being like, we take two steps forward. And there's such a, you know, a lot of people, we had great community. And there was a lot of there were so many there were a lot of things I loved about it, but it wasn't. In my spirit anymore. It wasn't, I wasn't like excited about it in the way that I had been for years prior. And leaving gave me that excitement of new possibility, which then comes with the terror (laughs) of, okay, well, if that didn't work out. But I think that going back to that idea we're talking about of play and just being open to having fun and joy, then we really need to allow ourselves to have different iterations of ourselves, no matter how old we are. Because I think, you know, originally, you know, for our listeners out there, we were going to talk about, you know, aging. <laughs> Didn't really turn into that. That's fine. Um, I do want to touch on it a little bit before we end the show. I'm just curious, just, so I'm 32. Mackie is
0: 39.
1: We're honest about ages here. Right on.
0: <laughs>
1: Jason, you've talked about your age in your podcast. So I know that you're comfortable saying your age.
2: Yeah. I, uh, well, 43 July, I'm turning 44. Amazing. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Because I mean, it's like, what does it even mean? We go back to the standards, right? Oh, well, at, you know, and this is where I get hung up. Well, at 44, you know, you thought you were going to have this kind of career and be making this much money and have this kind of house and have this wife. And, you know, I, where I where I get cruel to myself. Is when um, I beat myself up over thinking that I ought to have done certain things or have certain things by this age and because I don't have them by my mid 40s, I'm a loser. It's like, OK, well, is that true? No because is anyone keeping score? Like, is anyone like on their whiteboards going, okay, Jason didn't do this, didn't get the house. Nope, not married yet. Yeah, doesn't make a million dollars. No, well, he really fucked up, didn't he? <laughs> like there's a bureau somewhere keeping yeah. score of this. Like no, the, 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 the thing I get into with aging, right? And this is such a huge thing is, you know, I, I've started, my hair started to thin a little bit and I had a fucking freak out last year about it. I had a fucking freak out. And my girlfriend, Laura is like, Oh, you didn't know? I'm like, no, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I, like I'm not the guy who like sits with a mirror and another mirror in the bathroom, like checking. It was a total like, holy shit! I had no idea. So I, I've been in this process of like, well, oh, what is that? Okay, what does that mean? Are you losing your hair? Oh God, you're getting old. What? No, let's get under it. You've associated that as a man in society. If you have this full head of hair, then you're somehow this virile sexual strapping adonis that can protect the village from destruction and impregnate all the women like dude, what's the, <laughs> what about all
1: the men who are bald where they're saying they have higher testosterone and they're the ones who are actually going to be the more virile men i mean i don't really know but that's right. that's what i've i've heard that if you bald That you have a lot of testosterone. So,
2: (laughs) but then it gets more confusing because last year I went and I went to my doctor. His name is Alan Green here in LA. Shout out to Dr. Green. And he did, he did, uh, as part of my panel test, he did, he measured my testosterone. And he comes back and I get my results and he's laughing. He's like, he's like, dude, you're a stud. And like, no context. (laughs) I'm like, what? He's like, you're 43. So, yeah, he's like, your test is like, what I would see in someone like in their late twenties, he's like your testosterone as like, Jesus. So maybe that's my, maybe my test is in the hair is going, I don't know. But, but the whole thing is like, I'm freaking about out about my hair. And then I'm freaking out about aging and like, Oh God, I've got these aches now. And like, it takes me longer to recover and I'm losing my hair and shit, all this gray hair. And I'm going down this spiral of, you know, just, Contemplating my own mortality and like, oh my God, I'm going to be 50 soon. And it's like, we're, why? Why am I freaking out about something that is, this is an inevitability? We age, we change, we evolve. And at a certain point, we're letting go of these bodies.
1: Well, because we right? right? fight so, it in our society and we are constantly inundated with like, you know, marketing and, you know, and telling us like, Gotta fight it. You gotta fight it. Take this, take these pills, take these herbs. You know, drink this shake, do this <laughs> specific workout that's going to enhance your testosterone. Or don't do cardio. You need to be deadlifting <laughs> and hang cleans. And it's like all of this stuff. Do not, you know, marathon run anymore. You know, especially at this age, you need to go into the gym and lift. Like we're getting constantly inundated, especially when you're. I mean, I don't know how many podcasts and things you listen to, you know, outside of having your own show, but I, I, I love podcasts. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's just so many different narratives talking about like biohacking and, you know, how to, how to hack the system basically so that you are getting ahead of the inevitable, right? How can you like lengthen your telomeres, this, that, the other thing? It's (laughs) like, man.
0: We're gonna implant our consciousness into AI so we can live forever. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> dude that, that's,
1: that freaks me out.
2: But but legit, like this is happening. It and is it happening. Probably will happen. Yeah. In, in our lifetimes. It is happening. The question yeah. is why? Why are we as humans? Some of us, but I think generally obsessed with immortality. Like we 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 know, unless of course in our lifetime we do get this you know avatar like transference of. I'm going to transfer my consciousness into a cyborg body or whatever it's going to be, or maybe a cat. I would do that. Um, cyborg cat, sign me up. <laughs> I'll sign up for that. Um, but why, you know, why, why? Cause I think, th- th- I think the idea of like living forever and longevity and immortality is beyond just the aesthetics and the ego of looking sexy and hot. It, like that's part of yeah. it, right? With, with the psychotic youth obsession we have. Which also I think is, is is sad because we don't honor our elders anymore. Mm-mm. We were like, just
1: like, talking about that. How we important do not, that is.
2: We don't honor our elders. What do we do? We devalue them. We act like they have nothing left to contribute to society. We and for say the most they're part, cute.
1: Have you ever thought about that, Jason? How we're like, oh,
0: your grandma's so bee, cute. Oh, they're
1: cute. That's a weird thing. Like they yes. are the sages. They are the ones with so much knowledge and information to pass and then by us being like they're just so cute now it's like that's so wrong on so many it's levels
2: d- it's it's diminishing it yeah. really is and i'm glad you guys brought that up because i think it's so innocuous for a lot of people with their language but it is like i like i am. I imagine myself being like some eighty-five-year-old dude, be like, "Oh, Jason, he's so cute." Like, <laughs> I need mean, to go through all the shit I've gone through and survive. you want to be like? Cute. I wanna,
1: You want to kick this motherfucker in the nuts? Like, do you think that, like, if an old, like, elderly people are hearing this inside, they're like, "That motherfucker, I'm not I'm gonna
2: cute." Tase you. Like, <laughs> <tase> you <now. laughs> I'm
1: gonna hit you with my cane right now. Like, um, but like,
2: but it's true though. We don't. We we've lost. The reverence and the honoring and the ritual. Yeah. Like, the, like, like you talk about, I'm going to go on a tangent for a second, but you, you talk Juliet about like, um, how you had to parent yourself very young and you didn't have the initiation ritual as a young woman. I didn't have it as a young man. Cause my dad wasn't around. So I didn't know how to, fa- I didn't know how to father myself. And I didn't have any figure in my life who was a solid masculine guiding presence so for my, my life, it's been like, what does it mean to be a man? What does masculinity even mean? And, and more so, how do I father myself? But I, I think in that there's a lack of initiation as young people in our society of, of really like a, a ritual to shuttle us into adulthood. But as we age, there's no ritual or honoring into our twilight years. It's like, oh, stick yeah. them in a nursing home and forget about them. Right, I, I, I think it's kind of despicable how we treat our elders.
0: One of the things that we went to uh, Costa Rica last year and we were in one of the, the seven blue zones. And one of the things that all the blue zones have in common is that multi-generations live in a single house. So you have grandparents living with grandkids all in the same house and they can all learn from each other. The grandparents can feed off of the youthful energy. The grandkids can learn. Can honor that wisdom, and you know, older people in those cultures all have a sense of purpose. There's a job, like in Japan, they have the you know they're in charge of taking care of the gardens, and they have this purpose that they wake up for every day. And we're missing that here. Yeah, That's and well said, according well said.
1: to Sid Garza Hillman, who you just had on your show, <laughs> I'm like, let me make sure I get his name right. There's another thing in the blue zones he talks about that if, that is. A common thread is they all drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's it's it's one hundred percent true. They they consume uh, small amounts of alcohol. You know they're not they're not binge drinking here, right? But it it, it does go against. Them. I'm glad you brought up that point that Sid made, Juliet, because part of the reason that I'm I'm sort of backing out of my role in the health and wellness industry is because. There's just so much like, well, this is the way you ought to be eating. Because if you don't, you're gonna die. Like if you if you have, you know, if you eat sugar and you eat oil and you have a glass of red wine and you have any fun, you're gonna fucking die. Like, <laughs> News flash. Until we have cyborg cats to import our consciousness, we're all going to like yep. there's almost this denial of it's death, just, this bizarre yeah. avoidance. Well, because like, they're
1: afraid, because we don't talk about death. To to answer your question is as much as I can just from what is coming through right now when you're like, why, why this obsession with, you know, getting older and immortality, it's because we are as a culture, we are afraid of death. Yes. Because we, we don't talk about death. We don't honor death. We don't have a ritual around death. We don't, we just people die and it's like they're there one day and they're gone. And then we have a, all this, this grief that we hold inside that we don't, that most people aren't taught to how to even deal with their grief. And it's like, Oh, just go to work two days later. Great. You took, uh, you can have two days. You need, you need two mental health days. Cool. You have PTO for that. That's fine. And just go back to work and like continue on your path. And we don't have these discussions, you know, as a culture about what does it mean to die?
2: Well, let's have it. (laughs)
1: mean i mean i don't have an answer and i mean to be honest like my as a child my biggest fear was death like i was so afraid of death when i was younger that i i had obsessive compulsive disorder from the time i was eight to about 16 really bad like rituals and very privately you wouldn't know it if you hung out with me but inside Mm -hmm. i was struggling just with all of this noise and like obsessive stuff because and it was all around this fear of death which is control right it's just it for me it was like i need to control because there was chaos as a child and so much chaos and so much death as well like there were a lot of people that were there one day and then weren't there the next when i was little my mom my brother and my father all three of them that was then that happened with all three immediate family members so of course I, I had that, you know, I'm, and that's part of like this healing journey for me. Like I'm, I'm like, wow, you went through so much when you were little and like, you just, you did the best you could and look at where you are now. Like this is part of that honoring and like trying to, to be accepting and loving to myself now. And it's not, uh, it's not always easy because it's not rehearsed enough yet. Not rehearsed enough yet, right? Yeah. but ho- eventually, hopefully it will be, right? But I never learned about I didn't know it, death was never discussed. right? Was death talked about in your family, Mackie? did no. anyone tell you what happens when you die?
0: Oh, we talked about it a little bit, but not 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 in the not in a healthy way.
1: What do you mean, not in a healthy way? Well,
0: not in a way that we really discussed it and really learned about it. You know, like we we kind of brushed brushed over it, like which, you know, is pretty normal, I guess.
1: Well, did you have well, you didn't really have religion, right? No. Yeah. I think that's the same with my family. There was no religion. So there was no there's a heaven. When you die, you go to this place. Your soul still exists. There was none of that. It was just question marks from the from my parents of we don't know. That doesn't feel good when you're little because you want someone to be like, here's what happens. We don't know. Great. OK, so like just I mean, I still because I think when you're young, you you create certain fantasies and I still to this day have that, you know, can remember the fantasy of what God is. And he looks like this big fucking man in the sky with a white beard, <laughs> like sitting in a controlled seat, basically, like controlling everything. <laughs> like, where does that come from?
2: A lot of buttons up there. A lot of buttons. <laughs> A lot of buttons. Yeah, So many buttons. So many.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, to answer your question, like. I don't have the right answer, but as I'm as I'm getting older, I do feel more at peace with some. Ideas around our consciousness and how it. Doesn't you're not just when, you know, annihilated, like there's, you know, you don't just like to imagine being here right now, having this conversation with each other, right? Inhabiting these physical forms with this mind and this consciousness we have, like. That is so incredible and magical to me that. I cannot fathom that when I die, it's just, you know, lights out, blackout, no more. Nothing doesn't make any sense to me. Because this doesn't make real any sense to me. So I have to just like hold on to that.
2: (laughs) I think um, I love this conversation at the end because sometimes I will just have this. I don't know if it's lucidity, if that's the correct way to describe this. But it almost brings an equal amount of like... um, levity and lightness and also terror when I have this thought, but it's some version of this thought of, um, I don't, I have no idea what I actually am. Well, we are a human being. What does that mean? It's like, no way. That's, that's okay. Great. But at the core, we don't, this is my I don't know where I came from and I don't know what happens after I leave this body. Now that again, I feel it sometimes that's fucking terrifying. We're just bumping into each other on this place called earth as these things called human beings, warring, loving, breathing, dying, confused, figuring it out, getting lost, found again. It's life is insane. When you think about it, it's also Mm -hmm. glorious, but the reality for me sometimes is like, yeah, I really, oh, where, well, where was I before this? Don't know. Where am I going after this? No clue. What's the meaning of life? I don't know. Whatever you want it to be. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying this to be reductive because life is very complicated, but I think I try and remind myself of the mystery of it all. Yeah. And that sometimes feels comforting just to surrender to the mystery of it.
0: Mm-hmm. The unknowables.
1: The just uncertainty. Like, and I think that is why our culture is obsessed with certainty. Yeah. Because the underlying yeah. is The most uncertain is like we are like the one thing we all have in common, right, is the fact that we die, right? That's one and that we really don't know why we're here and where we're going. Yep. So there's that commonality and that uncertainty, which can create a lot of just trying to layer on certainty if I control this narrative and if I believe this, and if I tell myself this, this illusion, this lie, right. Then I'm okay. Then I have purpose. Then I have meaning. Right. And I think I'm making a little bit of an assumption here for, for us. Cause I feel very connected to you, Jason and like how we are kind of where we are in our lives right now with sort of stepping into a new unknown of like career and just like, you know, um, I feel like we're very kindred spirits. So, I lost my train of thought. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I have no idea what I was gonna say, like honestly. That was an amazing oh, setup, oh, now. So, good. so
0: good. So, we're on the edge of our seats. Oh
1: man, it must be that my brain doesn't know where I am because I'm in Boulder, like you said.
2: It's <laughs> no, is gonna be like, so you remember when you, did, when you did that 23 mean, it told you you were Jewish? <laughs> okay. I'm your long lost sister. I, mean, you I never, like, oh my God, you never the know. sister reveal, the you, sister reveal.
1: <laughs> 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 you never know. I mean, uh, yeah, I have no idea what I was going to say, but okay. We're going to, we're going to wrap things up with that. We're all just human trying to figure it out, whatever it is. And, but there's nothing to really figure out. Right. Um, that, Cheesiness of it's about the journey, not the destination, right? But it's not cheesy; it's real. Yeah, you know. Sometimes I, I feel like, but when I say certain things, but I'm like, that's a real. It's that's the real deal. That we got to just honor the day and allow there to be more mystery. See, I. That's the thing I think is people don't allow the mystery in the day to day. So that's where I am in my personal life right now. Is I'm really. Work. It's it's work. Let me tell you from from someone who's an overachiever, more Type A, wants to like wants to have it figured out yesterday. Because I've been very indoctrinated into that, and also because of my childhood experience, it is work for me right now to be like, no, no, dude, you're fine. You could just sit here on this couch. You want to read? Do you want to go on a walk? And it's like, what do you what like? There's no like project. There's no trying to get somewhere right now and. That feels really uncomfortable. Talk about being uncomfortable. That feels really uncomfortable for me. Makes me want to cry, really? scream, and freak out most times.
2: Yeah, because you've taken away the safety net. You've taken away the routine, as Mackie was saying. The routine's gone. The familiarity's gone. You know, you you've. Um, I, I I'm trying to okay. So two things I wanna I wanna leave with because you engendered these two two quotes that came up for me. Um, and I'm, I'm really still trying so hard to practice believing these because on a soul level I do, but on a physical, like you're Jason Robel and that means this, and you're supposed to do this and blah, blah. And you're in your own trap that you've created for yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> one is, uh, I think Albert Einstein said the, the most important decision that we can make is, um, deciding whether we live in a, uh, friendly universe or a malevolent one. And then the other one is like uh Terence McKenna I think says, and I'm butchering this one big time but um you y- you find that um at a certain point or few points in life um y- you're going to fling yourself into the abyss like fully into the abyss but instead of some like never ending chasm of doom you find that at the bottom of the abyss is actually a feather bed waiting for you. Mm. I try and believe that because I think on one hand I I think about all the times I've flung myself into the abyss And ended up okay, like truly. But it's hard to trust that when you're in the free fall and you're just like, ah, screaming at the top of your lungs. So, you know, kudos for you flinging yourself into the abyss because a lot of people don't because it's too terrifying.
1: Yeah. And the first quote you said has everything to do with the second quote in how you view the world. So, if you fling yourself into the abyss and you view that the world is, you know, full of kind hearted, Uh, people, and there's beauty, and there's safety, and there's love, and that's what you're leading with, then it gives you that sense of safety when you fling yourself into the abyss and permission to do it repeatedly, which is what I was saying earlier is that you can reinvent yourself, you can change your career, you can change your location, you know, you can you don't have to be one thing. I am Jason. I am this. This is my avatar. and This is how I operate because I have been doing it for the last 15 years. It's like, okay, cool. Awesome. You can now be a new avatar if you want.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's like, what happens if we blow up Jason and we blow up Juliet and we blow up Mackie? Like I imagine like one of those cartoon detonators
0: of like, <laughs> yeah, what's TNT? Happened?
1: You know, I just like, saw a little seed and a sprout after that. Like that was yeah, my visual to like, oh, go. Now we sprout into a new beautiful life force, whatever that looks like, that is stronger and better and may have the wisdom of the, you know, other live lives that you lived. And, you know, talk about the sages and, and honoring our elders just full circle, because that's why it's so important to, you know, for anyone out there, I'm going to try to practice this myself, you know, really when I can just listen more to those who have lived longer than I have and have lived through it to get sage advice, because, um, I think it's important.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I think we're going to all embrace our, our, I definitely want to embrace my role as an elder. Like I'm starting to, and when, you know, whenever that's who the hell knows. Like what number do you become an elder? But I, I think this conversation is, is bringing me so much levity because it's like, um, embracing where we're at, at these stages of our life, honoring the stages of our life and and not um, not wishing we were at a different place, you know, not, oh, I wish I was 21 years old with the knowledge I have now, or I wish I was 61. It's like, no, just, can we really just accept and honor where we're at right now? And I'm putting that out because I'm also asking myself, can I keep honoring that? Because mm-hmm. it's a daily, it's a daily challenge.
1: Yeah. Let me know when you're going to shave your head like and when Sid is going to be there for you. <laughs> I was like, to, "Oh I'm man, I am well. I am it. there during that live stream."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and legit,
2: if I if I end up doing it, I 100% will live stream the shaving of the head. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal when you know you're it's that's a surrender right there. Letting go of this idea that your full head of hair makes you something? Yeah. Cuz it really doesn't. You know, like you, your essence makes you what you know what you are. And we need to constantly remind each other that for the listeners out there. That's what I want to leave us with. It's not about the external appearance. It's about the internal, the soul, what works, ex- how we're expressing, having these uncomfortable conversations, being real with one another, being vulnerable and giving space for that for people, you know, is there anyone in your life, you know, that you can connect with more on that soul level? Can you open that up more for yourself if you don't have that? Because it's, that's what I'm trying to do. I want to build more of that community. This is why the, we love having this podcast. We've received such amazing, just random messages from people And I know you have to Jason with your podcast that in someone the other day was like, please do not stop doing this work. This work is very meaningful and important. And I was like, like he was in the shower. I'm like, Mackie, (laughs) you need to read this, (laughs) you know, like, got it. Understood. Because sometimes you're like, does any, is anybody out there? Is anybody listening? For sure. But I know that, you know, I am. I'm listening. I'm listening to you, Jason. So please don't stop doing what you're doing because I'm a, I'm like number one fan over here.
2: So sweet. I, yeah. I just, I appreciate you guys so much and, and the work you're doing and um, the invitation both times on this podcast to just no holds barred. Let's get into it. Let's you know, jump right down the well and for you guys to hold that, that space and to bring that spirit. Um, I really believe that it is necessary for, not only our individual healing but legitimately our collective healing so thank you for having yet another you know deep meaningful conversation and having me on it's it's just it's always a pleasure and also yeah i mean the 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 cats in the background i mean it's just
0: (laughs) it's perfect
1: yeah martha really this this one lulled her right to sleep (laughs) she's like dead asleep like curled in the ball eyes closed you know like there's like that partial sleep for the cat where they're like one eye open but this is like she's actually sleeping so good job (laughs)